This is the Your Money Our Podcast. I am your host, Dakota Grady, and this is sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. We provide accounting and taxes, also personal finances for individuals who are needing help with their personal finances and also need help with their accounting and taxes. The website is dakotagrady.com. Check it out. Get resources there for money and business. So welcome to the show, y'all. I'm excited to have a guest, a friend of mine from Nairfield, Tennessee, and her name is Miss Deja Jackson uh, from your father. And I met Deja about mm, maybe four or five years ago, I think. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to have her on the podcast because she has a story to share about her business. So Deja, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tell everybody about who you are and what you do, Deja. Well, I am Deja Jackson. I am the founder and executive director for From Your Father. We are a local nonprofit organization and we fight for the fatherless in our community. So why did you start From Your Father and why is it important to you to continue your legacy in Nashville? Definitely. Um, why did I start From Your Father? I started from your father because I grew up in a fatherless home. When I was three months, my dad was incarcerated. So I grew up um, just with my mom. And I experienced firsthand the effects of not having a father present. Um, Whether financially we struggled, um, oftentimes it felt like we were getting knocked down and then something else would happen. It'd be like, and then, you know, would go out or it would just be like one thing after the other. So I remember that like going to like seven or eight different schools because we were constantly moving, um, having experienced eviction. There were just so many traumatic things that come with a one um, parent income if that income isn't suffice, you know? So that was a thing as well as health wise because my mom was working two jobs just to make sure that we were good. We were eating Arby's, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's. And as a kid, you're like, yeah, like we didn't feel like we were missing out on any home cooked meals. But um, the effects of that, plus the stress, my mom was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. So now you're being like hit with the blow of, you know, financial issues and poverty. And then you get hit with the blow of health. Um, it started to impact my faith. I'm like, God, you know, where's my father in a time like this? Like it's blow after blow. And I remember specifically crying out. I didn't know I was praying, but I was like, where's my father? Where's my dad in a moment like this? Like normally in a two parent household, if one is down, at least the other one, you know, can step in. But, um, I screamed that out loud, not knowing I was praying, not knowing that he would answer. And he did. He began to show me that he was my father. He began to transform my life, um, first within the inside of me, emotionally, mentally. But then he began to change the way I think about money and the way I think about finance. Um, I was able to buy my first home at the age of 23, I believe. And now I've moved on and I've bought two other properties since then. So he really was able to give me what my earthly father couldn't. And then he told me he wanted me to tell all his children that he loves them so much that he'll never leave them, nor will he forsake them. He told me to give them the things that they need. And he told me to tell them that it's from your father. So that's what we did. 
Wow. Question. If you had a two-family, a two-parent home, do you think you would ever start it from your family? Or from your father, excuse me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The struggle, um, the trauma, the difficulties built a resiliency in me, a resilience, a grit that I could never buy or afford or remake. These situations cre literally created who I am. So I do not think that I would have started it. Hmm. So talk about how your organization is impacting the Nashville area because you're in Nashville, Tennessee area, right? We are. So we serve Nashville, Murfreesboro. We even go as far as Clarksville um, because Nashville has more resources. Um, and how we're impacting the the community is so big because not only are we saying, let's take care of your physical needs, right? So if you're in a car accident and you hurt your arm, we want to get you a Band-Aid, right? We want to stop the immediate bleeding. But you also may need to go to physical therapy and have more of that holistic healing, that rehab, that reworking, learning how to use your arm again or even better. So that's what we do. We're going we're gonna to meet that physical need, that urgent need. That's your clothing, your food, your gas money to get to work. Um, we take care of that. But then we're like, okay, now let's take care of the deeper issue, right? We need to do some work, maybe longer, but let's talk about budgeting. Let's bring like Dakota in. You came to our first um, in-person session and you talked about how to create a budget. Let's talk about savings. Um, this year, we're even doing possibly a session on money in motion. So what is your emotions around money? What does the word money make you feel? Do you feel tight? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxiety? Um, working through some of the mindsets and renewing the mindsets around different things. What do you think about food? When you grocery shop, do you look at the ingredients? Let's go and do it practically. Let's do it together. Like We are approaching the immediate need, but also the deeper long-term need so that they don't have to continue to be in the program. Our goal is for them to not need us. We want to be put out of business because everyone is thriving and they know they have a heavenly father and that nothing is off limit to them. No matter what their circumstances are, it does not define their future. So we want to be put out of business ultimately. <laughs> so your organization is Christ Center, I assume, right? Definitely. Do you have challenges with that? For, for some people who may have had a hard time, who may have faced trauma financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, say a single mom who may have been abused and she felt like her dad didn't protect her. She may have been abused by her dad and feel like she's, a, she's not, she's basically rejecting God because she sees her God as her dad. Do they reject you because of, of that? Say, I don't want you to help because you, Follow Christ, and I don't want got anything to do with God. Do you have any challenges like that with your business? That's a really good question, Dakota. So I, I wouldn't say that we're rejected because they need it. They need this food. They need the gas money. Let's just be honest. So we're not really rejected, but what you're saying is real. There is that hesitancy that we see, and what I've noticed is over time. Because we're not shoving God down their throat, we're not saying you have to believe. We're just saying, hey, you said you need laundry detergent, groceries, gas, clothing for your kids. We put it in a box. We delivered it to your house. 
and we wrote that you're amazing and that you are loved and that this is from your father. And then when you keep getting that every month and no one's really asking you of anything and their point, they're not asking for you to, you know, thank them or look at them, they naturally begin to open up in ways that we couldn't make happen ourselves. So for instance, one of the moms, the moms she needed food walking from food because she didn't have her letter showing her disability. And as she was walking and she's on the phone with me, she's like, you know, Deja, my dad molested me all my life. He mistreated me. He abused me. He beat me. And, um, you know, that hurts. I don't, I don't know what to do about that. It's just, it's, it's just so painful. So being able to listen to them, hear them out and just be that safe place. And then saying, Hey, you know, that's rough. I may not understand fully what you're going through, but you know, we have these small groups. We have this community of women you can join virtually. So you don't need a car. Cause obviously she didn't have a car. Um, and you can still get poured into they're more receptive of it that way. But what is valid. There are so many women who have been abused, mistreated, and that trust is just not there. And we just build it over time. Yeah. Gotcha. So how long is your program when you do, like, do a delivery to a certain family? Like there's a year, two years, like what, what's your process? Yeah, so we try to make everything um, pretty simple because when they're working, you get off at five o'clock. I don't know if you remember Nashville traffic, Dakota, but it is ruthless. So by the time they get off work, they go pick up their baby and then try to get to a nonprofit organization to fill out paperwork. It's just not happening. And at the end, the children suffer. So our goal is to remove the barriers that's preventing them from accessing the resources they need. So for us, that looks like a simple online application that they can do from home, on their phone, on their lunch break. They let us know what they need and we package it custom in a box. We deliver it to them. Or if they're not approved for home delivery, they can come pick it up in person. And we only do that because we want to foster that connection. They get more from being in a community of women than anything else. But they come get their boxes. It has everything they need in it. And then once we get in the door, once we kind of have this leeway in through the box, then we offer, hey, we have a speaker, Dakota, who can help you with your budget. Hey, we have uh, pa Pastor Sarah Grace who's doing one-on-one -on -one mental health sessions for free. You can get that, you know, whatever's on your heart out. You know, we offer these other things once we get in the door. So that's what we do. Pretty <laughs> dope. So talk about... The fire that y'all had, was it like last year or two years ago? No. Yes, it was last year. I was eight months pregnant. It was bad news. <laughs> if you can imagine, because I know you just had a baby. Congratulations, by the way, not too long ago. Uh, the normal or the hormones that come with pregnancy and then you get a call about a fire. My husband got the brunt of it. Let's just say he was the, the punching bag for the day. So I want to shout out my husband, Joshua, for his, his love and unconditional support. But yes, I was at the park walking and I got a phone call that there was a fire and that um, our building was a total loss. 
as you know, Dakota, you're in finance. Nashville rent housing is ridiculous, not just for residential, but also commercial. So we were able to find a small commercial space at the bottom of a, it was like a house, but it had apartments in it or it was divided into apartments. So we were at the bottom and we stored all of our donations there and the apartment upstairs, they caught their place on fire and then set all the other places on fire. So when they hit the water, the water all the firemen, all the water came down, it ruined everything. Everything was a total loss. We lost everything, so. So how'd you turn around? God, <laughs> God, and um, just encouragement. Those moments when things like this happen, when you lose everything or when your backup is against the wall, those are moments where your faith is just being tested. It's really just a test from God to see if you're really what you say you're about. Because when you lose everything, it's the perfect opportunity to hands. Pack everything away. It was great. It was great. But um, if you choose to be resilient, God blesses you more than you could ever think. And that's what happened. After the fire, I just kept going. We kept providing resources. That happened in October. In November, we made sure the families got the resources that they need. And we even made sure they got a honey-baked turkey or ham for Thanksgiving. Christmas, we made sure that their kids got gifts. We delivered them. We just kept going and God showed up. We made um, we made partnerships and connections. We received a $25,000 grant from Amerigroup. We also received a $15,000 grant from the Healing Trust. And we had more people sign up to be village members than ever before. And being a village member is just a dollar a day or $30 a month. But yeah, we had people come together, support us. And now we are in a better position than we've ever been since the beginning of the organization. Talk about that's it. That's right there. Yeah, hey, that's pretty dope right there. Awesome, awesome. So we talked about an IG ladder. You, you plan to get, get a house. Talk about that for your organization. Oh yeah, we're gonna get a house from your father's house. So if you could just imagine um, a single mom who's working and let's say one day she realizes her baby needs some shoes for school. Their toes popped out the front and she doesn't have the money, right? This house is a place that's going to be like a cornerstone in the community where single moms can go. And it's just a place for them because a lot of single mothers have jobs. They are working. They're intelligent. They're creative. And to be honest, sometimes they don't want to go to a a homeless food bank or different places because of their dignity, right? It, it it can do something to their self-esteem. So from your father's house will be a space just for single moms and just for kids without their fathers to go and get what they need and leave still, still having their dignity, still feeling confident. They come in, the closets will be transformed into clothing closets so that same woman can pick up a pair of shoes, say hi, get in her car, go home. If the pantries will be um, food pantries in the kitchen of the home. So if they need to get groceries just to get them by until their food stamps start again or just to hold them over because they don't have food stamps, they can pull up, knock on the door, go in the pantry, get what they need, go home. If they need to have a therapy session, they can sign up and we'll have someone on site. They can go in the side room and talk about the trauma 
what's happening at work, what's happening at home. This home will be a second home for them, a place where they feel safe, a place where they get their needs met and they leave feeling confident and not feeling lower than or even worse about themselves when they leave. So in terms of finances, what do you see mostly, I mean, with the, with the women who come through your program when it comes to finances? Are they, are they, are they giving money? Are they making better decisions? Like, what do you see in terms of that part of their lives? Yeah. Um, I think the issue is twofold. Like, every situation is different because we don't just serve, like, you have to make $30,000 or more or some organizations you have to have. We just, if we know that you have a need and you're a single mother and you qualify, we'll approve you. So it's vast. So we have women who don't have cars, who don't have a good paying job, who don't even have food, like really struggling. And then you have some who are like $2 over the minimum to be able to qualify for food stamps or housing and then their rent is $2,000 a month and they're bringing home 17 after tax, uh, 1,700 after taxes. So they're, they're barely making it. So it's really vast. So some of the issues is not enough income period, not having the skill set, workforce development, the attire, there's that. But then you have the ones who are intelligent, are working, well, they're all intelligent, but who have a good paying job and the housing is just, it's killing them, Dakota. It's just killing them, knocking them out. So as far as the organization, what we need to do is to provide programming for both of those. And that's what we're working on is providing these tailored workshop experiences where they can get what they need. So if you need workforce development, if you need career coaching, having a workshop for this woman, but also if you're over here, we need to look at maybe a small business or a way to increase your income, a certification, um, so that you can offset that housing costs. Also, plugging them in with home ownership, because if they're going to be paying $2,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment, you need to own your own home so that you have something. And this year, we're also doing a will class, so they'll be able to create wills and make sure that there's their stuff is set up if something does happen to them. So that's what we're doing is focusing on what we could do better and really being honest that everyone is, it's not a cookie cutter situation. We have to customize everything. That's yeah. good. And I'm thinking about the entrepreneurship because you know, I'm we're both entrepreneurial, but not everyone's built to be an entrepreneur. So it's good to have a spectrum of people who need help with job, you know, trying to get a job, maybe interview skills or it's a freshen in their their skill set. People who want to start a business. I'm thinking about doing. I haven't well, I haven't put it out there yet, but program called Skills to into Dollar Bills because you turn your skills into money so you can provide for yourself, right? So that's gonna be on the on the horizon right there. So okay, I believe entrepreneurship is one way out of poverty. You know, I've been there, done that. So yeah, I, I believe that that's one way to get out of the low income spectrum. Yeah. What advice would you give some of our moms when I share this? Like, how did you get out of poverty? Or were Great you question. in poverty? That's the first question. <laughs> well, I said, mom, yeah, my mom and dad got seven kids. So we grew up on welfare, government assistance, so WIC, you know what I'm saying? So now I call it SNAP, I think. So I've been there, done that. My ticket out of low income was one, working, having that drive to want to make more money, work for myself. 
Two, education. And I'll say three, getting a skill that can help you. Because I went to school, I got three degrees, one in welding, marketing, and accounting. The most, I think the one I'm using most is the accounting. Because that's something that's here. I lost my job in March of 2020 during the pandemic. The next month, I started my own business. They took my job from me, but they can't take this from me. Mm. So I'm doing the same thing for them, accounting taxes for their clients. Now I have my own clients in Tennessee, Nashville area, Florida, Indiana, and I got clients here where I live too in South Carolina. So I would say get a skill set that's a need because accounting and taxes, people need that, right? People need help with taxes, right? They need help with accounting. If you got a business, you can't do your taxes without bookkeeping. Ta-da, they need me. They can't do taxes <laughs> without me. They got to do, I mean, unless they do taxes on their own, but still, get yeah. me based business that you can help Thanks. people. Because, I mean, gas stations, people need gas, they need food, shelter, clothing. If you're, if, you're, if you're in real estate, people need you to buy a house, right? Or if you do, like, dry cleaning, people need their clothes clean. They have a job. So I would say get a need-based business, work that business till you get enough income to create your want-based business, your passion business. For me, I do accounting and taxes. That's my need-based business. Personal finance is a, the want basically. because that's my passion right there. I mean, I'll do that for free. But I want to also monetize that part right there, which is why I got my book, Hope. Mm, I love it. So, based business do your wants I love that. I love that. Yes. And have a skill. If you're not an entrepreneur, and just having a skill where you can work anywhere. Oh, I mean, I think that one skill would be communication skills. One, gotta communicate. Gotta communicate with people, whether it's one on one, like this right here, or in a crowd. If you're talking to your clients or a presentation, being able to communicate your ideas succinctly so they can understand it and get their needs met. Two, customer service is very important in any industry because people want to be served and not only that, so quickly and with high excellence and quality as well. I love that. That's so awesome and so inspiring to know that you, you know, once again, back to that same thing, like the fire, we have these moments where we get knocked down and it's like, do you stay down or are you going to get back up? So seeing that with you, with the whole, you know, pandemic thing, and I know so many people watching will be able to relate. Um, you chose to bounce back and you came back even better than before with this awesome business. And now you're working for yourself and helping people. So that just inspired me to go to <laughs> Yes, ma'am. So Thank you. talk about being a new wife to Joshua and a new mom, like within like what a year or two, right? <laughs> yes. So I got married and then three months later I was pregnant. So <laughs> Um, the things have been faster than expected. We had planned for five years, but I believe that God, uh, has the final saying, obviously. So yes, um, it's awesome, Dakota. I will say I love my daughter. I love my husband. Um, being a, both of these situations with marriage and motherhood have both helped me with this organization so much because being married, 
I was able to see what help looks like and what you're supposed to have and how it positions you, right? You have two incomes. You have two work mind people's minds working together. You have um you know, you have a partner to do everything with. Everything isn't on one person. So marriage really business-wise is a great business decision. I didn't get married for business. I got married for love, but I can see now cuz my parents weren't married that um marriage is vital to prosperity in a sense not saying it's like you can't be prosperous without it but i see how it's helpful and being a mother has helped me with the program because you don't know until you're a parent you you just don't know i've read books i've watched shows but until you have your own child you will never understand the responsibility the weight that comes with being a parent and you never cut it off so now that I see how hard it is for me with support, with a husband, so like I have baby car seat bag groceries, groceries. The I thought about was how are women doing this with no help? So then I'm thinking, what can we do in our program to make it easier? Okay, I want to get all the women grocery carts. So now when they get out of the, the car, they can load all their groceries in the little cart, pull that, and have the baby on one hip. But before I was a mom, as a program director, I wasn't thinking like that. I feel like having experience makes nonprofit leaders better. You need to have experience in the area that you're working in because you're able to make programs that are actually helpful. Like... Now I see what they need. You know, they do need budgeting classes, but they also need an opportunity to go to the nail salon and just relax and have a mocktail and talk and debrief. Because when you have a screaming baby 24 hours a day, like it's just, it becomes a lot. So um, yeah, I would say marriage and motherhood have made me a better nonprofit executive director. For sure. It's awesome, man. I wish we had more time, but all right. So, how has your husband been married to him? Because he has a, both your parents are married, right? Or, right? Yes. How has that changed the dynamic? I mean, you having no father, him having a father and mother, how has that helped your marriage? It is amazing because I have a husband who has a great foundation and understanding of what marriage looks like. I came in without one. So the way that I would do things were from a single woman's approach. And I learned when you get married, um, there's just a way that you speak to your husband. There's you, you do things differently. When you grow up in a single parent household, your mom is usually mom and dad. She makes decisions. She doesn't ask questions. You have to change that. So him having both of his parents coming in from a healthy space and his parents are marriage counselors. His dad has a waiting list, like great people. Um, I've been able to glean from that information, even though I didn't have it. So, and he's also a youth pastor. So he's been taking our families in the program through discipleship, mental health and spiritual sessions every Tuesday. And last year, one child actually accepted Jesus Christ and one mom actually rededicated her life to Christ. So he's able to take what he learned from his parents and what he knows about God. And he's able to pour into the families and they look forward to his sessions. They love them. So 
that's what it's about. People getting introduced to Jesus Christ. That's what I do about because I do money and business, but I want to point people to Jesus. Amen. At the end of the day. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last question for you. Great. So, I'm sorry. I said, if you make his name great, he'll make your name great. So you're good. Right. Yeah. So real quick, you have the floor. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a great guest. What can you leave the audience with that they can apply right now today, whether single mom, single dad, whoever it may be? Thank you for joining us, Deja. You got the floor. Yeah, thank you, Dakota. If I could leave you with anything, I would let you know that you have a father who loves you. And once you realize that you have a father who has access to everything, everything in your life will begin to change. If your father owns everything, nothing is off limits for you. The sky is not because he owns the hell. So I would love for anyone listening to this podcast to know that they have access to a heavenly father who can give them everything, every, whether it's emotional, anything, and that by their physical circumstances, the sky is not the limit. Awesome. So Deja, tell us about your website and how to find you on social media. Yes, we're on TikTok. <laughs> I'm so proud of our TikTok, okay? Follow us on TikTok from your father. We will not disappoint. We have amazing content. We're also on Instagram from your father. We are on YouTube as well from your father. Facebook from your father. And our website is www.fromyourfather.org. All right. Thank you for your time, Deja. Thank you so much, Dakota. Blessings. Yes, ma'am. And this is the Your Money Hour podcast, sponsored by Upstate Essential Solutions. Have a good day, y'all.